0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the digitally uploaded podcast, the companion podcast of digitallydownloaded My name is Alan, we'll be your host this week. I have returned from the ghosts of the dead. I am the shadow that dies twice. Um, with me this week we have Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. He is the editor in chief. If you've not realised by now, he's he's no, the a- he's the boy.
1: Nobody knows me.
0: Ah, oh, yeah, he's a. I- He's no, truly buddy. the shadow that dies once.
1: <laughs> um,
0: we also have Harvard. Hello, Harvard. Hello. Which one am I on? Um, you can be a ghoul. Cool. I think. I think you could have a ghoul. I'll be like a cool ghoul. I hate that a lot. Um, <laughs> moving on, we also have Trent. Hello, Trent.
2: Yes. Do I get a cool what fun? What would you like? Would you like a
0: ghost? A, ghost? a spooky frogman. Why, why am I a
2: frogman?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, I, what? I don't know. If I saw a frogman, I'd be pretty spooked. I'm going for, like, spooky theme because it's always spooked over. Um,
1: <laughs> anyway. you are you, playing way too much Resident Evil, alan.
0: I haven't played Resident Evil yet. It's not my fault. Um, anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. You, you mean it's not your fault you just didn't go into a shop, purchase it, put it no, in I I a the game. Oh, you own the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: waiting to play it with friends who are coming over, so... I'm saving that experience. Um... <laughs> enough about me (laughs) we've gone through some spooky things and now the real spookiness is the real world um uh we're gonna go to some news really, really quickly um if you are on playstation plus this month that is a good thing because you will be receiving two games that are fantastic and one extra one if you're on ps3 so you've got hitman 2016 which is a fantastic game the sequel just came out um very very good game hugely underrated one of the most, like, sleeper hits of 2016, I think. I'm pretty confident in saying that, actually. Yeah. Um, and also For Honor, which is okay. It's fine. Not the greatest, but it's all right. It's okay. Matt's, Matt is snorting <laughs> with the regime. It's okay. It's
1: it's games as a service. It's the Ubisoft games as a service game. So you buy, you, you might get it for free on PlayStation Plus, but that's just the, the in, because then you've got to buy, like, $70,000 worth of season pass and DLC and shit. because. And then you hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So good job Ubisoft gave, gives you about the $5 um, base game for free and then just fleeces you for everything else. It's like when an airport delays your so- flight. <laughs> they give you
0: a $5 voucher that have to spend $10 to use.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Um, and if you've got a PS3 as well, you can pick up Metal Gear Solid 4, which if you've played Metal Gear Solid 4 before, you'd know that it's an interesting game in that it is a wank it's also <laughs> the... <laughs> it's, it's so weird, also... but I love
1: it's it. That's last... a good
0: description of it.
3: It's yeah. the
1: last free game you get on PlayStation 3. It is the last free game ever. It's they're a they're not not nice buying... set. They're not, doing... they're not doing PS Plus for um, PS3 anymore, so it's all over. Mm. It's a good am game. am I mad? I don't have a PS3. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> buy one. <laughs> yeah, get one now. Play
3: Nier on it. You could like, play Nier like on
2: it. i go back and get the PlayStation 3 games I missed out on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think good. Square Enix is deliberately making near like the hardest game to possibly find everywhere because still can only buy it physical, and it's not even on PlayStation Network on PlayStation Three, and they've never done a HD remaster. Square got Square the Enix just wants to, yeah, the they just <laughs> they just want you to to hate yourself for not finding a copy. Yeah, I think that's
0: a reasonable thing to assume that Square Enix wants you to hate yourself. That's a tagline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt, Matt, tell me some news that isn't about hating yourself. <laughs> yeah,
1: so P-Cube. P-Cube is a cool little publisher based out of the UK. Um, they've done a lot of localizations of really cool games that Alan absolutely hates, like Galgun and um, Stainsgate. I can't and... really say that I hate
0: them because I haven't played them, but I know that if I played them, I'd hate them. So is you this would, like... Yeah, I think.
1: You would like I, I'm preemptively saying you would hate them, Alan, so <laughs> I'm, do- I'm doing you a favour. Um, anyway... They're, Thanks, Dad. Uh, they've been a um, publisher uh, exclusively for a long time, but they're actually making their own game now, which is really neat. Um, they've partnered up with a Japanese developer to create some weird name thing. Is that Japanese is that game cursed type. image I saw on Twitter? Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> every, you think every anime image is cursed. No, uh, she was like lying down. Oh, like, yes, that's the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But they've actually pushed out a... Since that that one image, they've put out a trailer and stuff now. And it looks genuinely good. It's called Kotodama, The Seven Mysteries of Fujisawa. And, yeah, it looks <laughs> yep. really nice. Really pleasant-looking game. So I'm very keen for this. I like P-Cube. Um, I like visual novels. So this one looks like it'll tick boxes. Mm, well, that's lovely. That's, yeah.
0: Look, if if someone enjoys it, and I'm sure that you will and I'm glad it exists, because it makes people happy.
1: We're in a very positive mood today.
0: Yeah, it's raining outside. Harvard, <laughs> <laughs> oh, take this away from me. <laughs> well, cool. Um,
3: speaking of positive moods, this is... I don't know how I'm going to segue, but a cool thing that released recently is "Silence <laughs> of the Winds" um So they're published by a fellow traveller who used to be surprise attack games and they were kind of rebranded as wanting to show off just really interesting weird art house indie games and stillness of the wind is very much that it's like it's a game about being a grandmother in on a farm in the middle of nowhere and just trying to have upkeep and like finding out about how the rest of your family are doing around in the world and it's a very slow-paced meditative kind of game you milk goats and you collect eggs and you just (laughs) Oh yeah, oh, high exactly. stakes,
0: high tension gameplay. Very low stakes,
3: very low tension, but <laughs> it's, it's harvest. Get, it's a mood, mood, but artsy. It's harvest mood. mood, harvest mood,
1: harvest mood. There we go. That was very clever. Ten out of ten for that pun.
3: I actually, I'm not a fan of comparing it to Harvest moon or view because it's really, it's it ticks a very different gameplay expectation. But it's a walking
1: simulator. You farm, you farm in it. If that's if that's what you're looking <laughs> for. It's a Harvest Moon walking simulator. This is really... We should, we should write press releases for these companies. Square Enix. Enix. We should like <laughs> <game. laughs>
0: yeah. write about games. I think we like got to tap a new market without writing about games. I don't think there's enough sites on the internet <laughs> writing about games right now. I don't even... I have this site called digitallydownloaded.net.
1: <laughs> nah, terrible site. They just keep putting anime boobs on it. Uh, yep.
2: <laughs> Never go there. <laughs> the old okay. granny suddenly Before has Matt been implodes, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> That's the news. all right i have some great news because the best assassins creed game is finally coming out this month wait next month isn't it march yes march the 29th yes it is now march the 29th if it's not that date ubisoft has to delay it and so, by,
1: com- by coming out he actually means it's already been out but it's getting really coming out again
2: <laughs> yes yes because the best game which it, it was the first good assassin's creed game fight me on that one um so it was the first good one and it was the first good it was the only good one up until syndicate
1: that's a so. uh, that's a very hot take, Alan, uh, Trent. Yeah, use um, this <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you might help the listeners to tell you tell tell them which one you're talking about. It is Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, it is Assassin's Creed 3. Three, and actually, it comes with Assassin's Creed Liberation as well, which, which is, is a good is, game too. That was my favorite. That's actually my favorite Assassin's Creed still to this day. I um, played the most as well. Yeah, I really liked it. It's quite easy to play too because it's relatively short and it's not so Ubisoft in terms of useless icons that you have to chase around the map and all that kind of stuff. It's a relatively small map, so I quite like it. Um, I was a big fan of it on the Vita, loved it on the PS3, can't wait to play it again on PS4. It also has Aveline as the lead protagonist, and she's great. It is good. I like her. All right, well, with that, we're going to go to some
0: music. It's going to be some Miku nonsense. It is. I'm at the point where I just have a a box of Miku that I rattle around every so often, and then it falls out onto the floor, and then I'm like, "That's the Miku for the week." So I'm going to put that Miku on right now. He's secretly a fan.
4: I I you, I I I'm a man of You.
1: back everybody okay so we're going to talk about good games first this week because that's a good place to start and i'm gonna let alan talk because alan's been playing kingdom hearts 3 and he seems to think it's the perfect game and i want to know why it's the perfect game so alan tell me why kingdom hearts 3 is the perfect
0: game it is a perfect game in the sense that if you hate yourself and have been playing this series for like 20 years now like it's it's real good it's real dang good Um, yeah, so I'm probably going to do extended thoughts on this game at some point. I don't know how. I don't know when. I'll do it. Um, basically the game is incredibly flawed. Um, I think it's got some really, really big problems behind it, which is sort of the result of a long development cycle, and also of Nomura riding himself into several walls and then building walls around him so he's in a cube forever. Um, it it doesn't... It doesn't work unless you have context for the entire series. Um, and I was souring quite hard on this game until the last two hours. And it completely changed my entire you know, perspective on the entire series, on that entire gameplay loop, that system. It was, it was really, really good. Um, and I if you've seen me on Twitter, you probably would have noticed that I've just been posting up how it is the perfect game. And I stand by that in that it is the most important game that I've played in a while that has really impacted me. Like, this series has impacted me. It's dumb. I'm incredibly aware that it's so stupid, but it's perfect. And I think it's great. It's a fun game. I can't really go into details as to why because the game is still new and I do want to spoil it. And I actually... like <laughs> So,
1: like, the perfect game is a game that... It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. No, it's, it's like <laughs> important to you, or no, I totally get that.
3: It's like there's there's no such thing as a categorically perfect game, like perfect mm. graphics and perfect gameplay, or whatever. It's just like it's something that's so impactful to you that it's going to it's going to stay. You know, it's going to stick.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I don't think that the idea of pursuing a perfect game for everyone is worth it because i don't it's... think you can do that no it's, everyone's it'll no become focus tested it'll become
3: the it's ea game that's how they got to where they are yeah. because they tried to appeal to everybody and now they had to muscle their way into making people like what they want them to like
1: yeah well, no, could... now now ea stuff is just brainless crap because because it's focused They tested. don't want to, upset, appeal to yeah. everyone. yeah they don't want to upset upset anybody but yeah. yeah i totally get you i mean it's the same kind of thing with with film and music and and whatever um perfection is not perfect. Perfection like, is flawed. People, people point to, well, let's say let's say Citizen Kane as the perfect film because, you know, that's the film that everybody mentions when they talk about film as an art form and all that kind of stuff. But it's not perfect. That If it was perfect, everybody would love it. But there's an awful lot of people who are bored out of their brains watching Citizen Kane. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's the same with games. For me, kind of the perfect game is near Automata. Um, I still think it's the the best game made every ever. Um, unlike a lot of other. Game critics out there. I don't change my mind every time Sony releases a new game. Um, <laughs> 2018 you, must
3: have been hard. Days tell, gone.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Days gone the next citizen game of video games. Every time Sony releases a citizen game. Um, the citizen yeah, game, Matt. The citizen game, yes, I did it. I did it. I got it. In. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's done it. <but> Near yeah, <laughs> Automata for me is the perfect game, but a lot of people would find Near Automata very difficult. The aesthetic isn't perfect for everybody it worked for me but it's certainly not the graphics of say red dead redemption 2 or whatever it's not that kind of hyper detailed horseballs um visual engine uh the combat is platinum game game stuff and that doesn't sit well with everybody um, wrong so you know <laughs> you, you can talk about these things that, that it's all subjective, of course. Um, hmm. uh, See, and- my
2: my way to tell if a good um, random Japanese game is good from Matt's opinion is if I play the game and I actually like it, in this <laughs> case with Nier Ultima, I did, and that means that it is the perfect game because I have some really weird tastes in games and some really... Time is the biggest thing for me with games. If I get distracted or hated or whatever and... I just hate the experience. Up until the point I just put it down, then it's not a good game. But near ultimately, like the way I actually played it, because I, I didn't finish that game. I'm gonna admit that, but I got pretty far into it. I enjoyed every little bit. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed like the events, like just how the world changed, how like things sort of like, oh, here's this new area which is, like, slightly different because the world's blown up or something. Like, you know, that sort of progression and changes into the environment. Like, I love that, and that's why it's a perfect game, because Matt likes it, but I liked it, which means there's two people liking it, which means it's good.
1: It wasn't (laughs) just that I liked it. I mean... it was a very interesting theory that if both you and Matt (laughs) like it, it means that it's perfect (laughs) yeah, I'm not that narcissistic Um, (laughs) I I like a lot of other games like for instance, I I really enjoyed Yakuza 0 I don't think Yakuza 0 is the perfect game I think it's a great game, I think Mm. it's a brilliant game but I don't think it's a perfect game I think to your point, Alan a perfect game also needs to be something that has some kind of personal resonance and Mm. near automata had that personal resonance to me it was kind of this is this is a game that really matches with my idea of what art is for example and as i'm kind of a big fan of art and stuff that means a lot therefore near automata really impacted on me in that way so i think that is kind of the best basis we have for what is a perfect game um If it has that really strong resonance, even if it's flawed in other ways, horribly flawed in other ways, even if it makes absolutely no sense in the narrative as Kingdom Hearts (laughs) does. You you can have a sentence in Kingdom
0: Hearts that they say the word heart four times and three of it is with different contexts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I, I think I've said my opinions on Kingdom Hearts in the past <laughs> often enough. Um, that series is certainly not the perfect game for me, but that's fine because it's a perfect game for Alan, and that's the point. Mm. Perfection. I don't know. People have this idea that perfection is this objective thing that everybody must agree that it's the the most perfect thing of You know, it, it, it's so great and all that stuff. Review sites are paid. But yeah, I, I don't know. If if Red Dead Redemption was the per- well, if Red Dead Redemption was the perfect game, then It can't be because I didn't think so. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that kind of metric that uh, there's some kind of objective truth to what perfection is, is is just silly. But Mm. it's okay to still call a game that's flawed perfect, and I think people miss that a lot. Mm. I think it's also important to note that there's not one game that can be perfect, I
0: think. There's a lot of games out there that I would consider perfect despite having incredibly big problems, like Majora's Mask, for example doesn't really work if you've never played the game before or never seen it before because it's real hard for no reason
1: but i still think it's perfect it's, it's still we have ocarina of time it is it is straight up um, um ocarina of time is the perfect Zelda game for me so see, we can disagree on these things but it's still um it's still valid yeah
0: it's still yeah, the, valid. the things that i am interested in are different to what Matt might be interested in, different to what Harvard is interested in, and is different to what Trent's interested in. So it makes sense that we all disagree on...
2: Like, so I think the Zelda is the best to sort of find what we look for in a game, because, you know, if me and Alan like Majora's Mask, then there's probably going to be different things we're looking for in a game. But when I look at Majora's Mask as, like, one of the perfect Zelda games, I'm looking at things like, I like the mask concept, I like the story concept, I like the free day mechanics, um, like... The dungeon and all that, that's like second, like oddly enough, that like that sort of thing is like second to in the game for me. Like it's mm. more about the story. It's more about the environment in Majora's Mask. And that's why I love it so much. But then you've got Ocarina of Time, which is more of a traditional Zelda game. It's more 3D. It's a 3D environment for Link to the Past. A lot of people like that nostalgia. And, you know, it's a really strong Zelda game with those dungeons it's less focused on story but still has a good solid experience and interesting worlds but combat is more of a strong point whereas Majora's Mask story is more of a strong point so different people like the Zelda argument is a really good way to find okay well in a series which has spanned over so many years and has so many different entries with different takes it's really easy to find well as a series what are you looking for the most in the games, and Majora's Mask is one of the stronger ones for me. I like Breath of the Wild. Matt hates Breath of the Wild. I was going to say <laughs> Breath of the Wild. If you like that game, you're wrong. Like, so when I look at Breath of the Wild, what I'm looking at is it's like bad I like game. the pe- no, I like the peacefulness. <laughs> I like like the story is taken out of it, which is a strong thing for me. But I like how the, I like the environment. That is still really good, strong environmental storytelling in Breath of the Wild. And so that's still great. I like the exploration. You know, you can just go down and find a spot and be like, oh, there's like a dungeon here. That's great. Like, that is why I like that. And then the miniature cap, it has great opening. It's that. That is
0: just an okay. Game. <laughs> uh,
1: yes. but no, that... the miniature cap is great. I love it, but it's not, it doesn't hold up very well. But I guess uh, that, that's kind of to the conversation about kind of what, you, how we can define a perfect game. For me, is actually more close to the perfect Okami's Zelda really game as such. Um, oh, though. No, because it's... It's uh, not like a Neo, It's going to be good. <laughs> well, Neo is, for me, closer to the perfect game than, than Dark Souls. Because the kind of things that I'm interested in in a video game are... In those two examples in particular is the, the Japanese culture and the way that the games work within the Japanese culture and, and tell stories that are based on... Um, shinto mythology in in okami and uh, japanese history as such with uh with neo so yeah people have different things obviously that they go into a game looking for but i guess the thing is the point is that we we there's a number of people out there that seem to think we can't talk about a game as being a perfect game because no game can be perfect well that's that's true no game can be objectively perfect but that doesn't mean that yeah (laughs) you know um because for me, per- perfection just means it's a game that we wouldn't necessarily change. And mm. I wouldn't change something like Neo Automata or Okami or *Neo* for anything, even though there was stuff in those games that I didn't like or thought were not you know, the ideal. The, the, they frustrated me in some way or another. Um, but I wouldn't change them because the flaws make the game. Just, yeah. as I, just as, like, Kingdom Hearts fans would not change Kingdom Hearts' narrative. And oh, I, no, no, people... often. I do see Twitter that <laughs> because... people are mad.
0: No, <laughs> no, because I have Because been... one guy doesn't get mentioned as much as everyone else.
1: No, but I've been out there, I've, I've been saying things about. Uh, Kingdom Hearts narrative, and I can assure you, there are a lot of people that get very defensive about Kingdom Hearts narrative. Even oh, if they, I, I, I sympathize. They get very, very defensive about that stuff. See, and- Matt, what you're really missing here
0: is the fact that the entirety of the game is built around this one old guy touching children.
1: Well, that <laughs> that sure sounds like perfect to me, Alan. It's a good game series, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel is like not, a slob. Sure, that not
0: touches kids. The game. <laughs> You
2: just got kind of music
1: much
3: <laughs> <laughs> This is the way that I am the section. You just like the second you said that it just immediately cut to like the the new kingdom Hearts song. <laughs>
1: And welcome back. So from the very best in games to the very worst, let's talk about Spike
4: Volleyball. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Spike Volleyball annoys me uh, a great deal. And it's terrible. Um, (laughs) End of section. (laughs) End of
4: section. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: So story time. I'm a big fan of volleyball, um, the sport. Uh, I watch it at the Olympics all the time actually it's a big sport in Japan so when I go to Japan I actually watch it on TV and stuff over there as well and I really like it and then Spike Volleyball comes along and I see it on the pre-order section of the PlayStation Store and I think that's okay. Um, I'm in trees, I'm in trees. <laughs> uh, and so I put it on pre-order for the cool 99.95 that it costs in Australia oh, right. and a month later it comes out. So I download it and it's absolutely terrible. Now I didn't expect it to be a great game. I didn't exactly expect EA quality FIFA soccer quality, um, but I was not quite prepared for just how bad it was. and i started posting videos up on twitter and i think i scared alan out of ever playing this game. no i'm gonna play it i will play (laughs) it one
0: day and i'm gonna like just drink
1: because (laughs) because when you play online the ball doesn't even move with any kind of laws of physics it just disappears off the screen and then reappears and jumps all over the place and it's it's a very magical ball maybe came from kingdom hearts Yeah, um, it was a heartball. um
0: <laughs> it was created by xehanort to bounce so, fury and darkness
1: so yeah i was very disappointed as a fan of volleyball i didn't mind actually spending the money because i kind of wanted to support the idea of making volleyball games anyway um and the only way they're going to get better is if people buy them that they keep making sequels um but yeah this is terrible and i've honestly got to say that it's the worst game I can ever think that I've played, including, and I've played some pretty impressively bad games. Uh, important to note that
0: Matt hasn't really gone through the hellfire that is Steam Marketplace. <laughs> so there, there are probably some worse I mean, games out there.
1: Yeah, I obviously avoid the asset flipping stuff that goes up on Steam. And I, I because I'm primarily a console gamer hmm. i get to miss a lot of that really bad stuff so let's what? let's rephrase let's say let's say spike volleyball is the worst legitimate game that i've ever played in my life <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a genuine game that was actually made by professional game developers and it's just terrible
0: matt i have a question for you yes you played skylight free range gatch win. i did right? and
1: it's did. worse than that it is oh shit <laughs> <laughs> only only because that skylight free range whatever game was made by like two people and it doesn't excuse it and it was ambitious at least um spike spike volleyball doesn't even understand how volleyball works as a sport
0: well, it's just the ball teleports in real volleyball
1: <laughs> well no it's not just that it's also the players don't scramble for the ball so. The ball just kind of falls between them and nobody's moving around to try and chase it down. <laughs> oh, so like it that.
0: sounds like PE volleyball where like half the kids don't care.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's, <laughs> it's easy to imagine it that way. Um, so I think also, you know, I this was a professional product. Skylight Free Range was still an amateur thing. Yes, it was thrown up on the PlayStation Store, but it was still, you know, these these guys were not professional game developers as such. You didn't expect a minimum, minimum standard. Um, and yeah it's I, I accept that it's difficult to make a sports game especially since firstly you get immediately compared to fifa and most sports games can't compare to that Yeah, because they're in an secondly <laughs> secondly sports are actually very difficult to program because you've got to have pretty complex ai and volleyball is not a, an easy sport by any means because there's six players on each side and the physics are quite difficult and while the rules of volleyball are fairly simple um the tactics that are involved uh, difficult to implement because they're fast it's a very fast game Um, so I accept all of that and I think when I say that it's the worst game I've ever played I think it's in part because it just so badly missed my expectations <laughs> of a minimum that I was expecting for a sports game. So it's no man's Sky, but when for sports. I, when, I went into, when I went into Skylight Free Range, I wasn't expecting a good game. Or I wasn't expecting... <laughs> Why not? Did you not I, see the screenshots? There was... I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting something that I could even really enjoy playing, and I got what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that you're going into games being like, I'm going to hate this, and then confirming it almost instantly. The joys of the game critic, Alan. I do, <laughs> I do, sometimes I do have to play games that I know I'm not going to enjoy going in. I mean, I played Agony, and I knew that was going to be terrible going in.
0: I thought you were to like Agony,
1: didn't you? Well, I no, you I liked like the idea of Agony. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, but then it came out, and I, I saw some of the other reviews, and I was like, like yep, not going to enjoy this one. Loaded and up. You, like, started no, singing,
0: you started singing the song from uh, Into the Woods.
1: yeah 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 anyway um (laughs) harvard what's what would you say is the worst game that you've ever played not including the asset flip crap on steam and Uh, oh
3: i've i've when i was a kid i played a lot of like really bad license games you know back in the days of i don't know what the company was like vivendi or whatever yeah
1: yeah they were great like
3: they they just made the biggest cash out games you could that had like one level that was pretty good and the rest of it was disastrous
0: because they gave the developers like a week and a half to make it with some yeah I really like that <laughs> uh-huh.
1: it's, I actually miss the days of those licensed games
0: yeah because you get one every so often that was actually good or well, yeah, even if they, were, they tried
1: even if they were bad they were kind of funny because they were that bad like Superman sixty four no that's not funny that's
3: pain it was I actually funny. never tried it but. You know, actually, there's a guy on YouTube called Proton John, and he did a he did an interview with the original guys who made that game and try to figure out why it ended up the way it did. It was super interesting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I actually, think I've seen that. Yeah, it's like basically just a cacophony of disaster.
3: Yeah, apparently, he, I think I might be remembering wrong, but the developer thinks that the flying through rings levels are tutorial levels. Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe what was shipped is actually different from what they thought what the finished
0: game was. That makes me very happy that's actually that's great um yeah like what what would you say is the worst one that you've played then the worst one that i have played
3: mm. uh, it'd have to be like probably like one of the beyblade games <laughs> you, you know in real life beyblade has no interactivity right it's you also spin a top fun. And you yell at people <laughs>
4: yeah
3: and it's like being the video game version of it is like you can use the arrow keys to move your beyblade around but it's still somehow no interactivity. <laughs> it's like you hit the Beyblade, cool, they go down a bit, and then you just keep doing that for 15 minutes.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a really fun time. You know what the best Beyblade game is? It's the um, the coin, uh, pin game in um, the, the World Ends With You. That is the best Beyblade game. I have no idea what that game is. I also
3: don't, but I have really been meaning to try The World Ends With You. It really like reminds me of... <laughs> Youth Tazo culture. That that's I miss that.
0: Mm. And having badges on your shirt to look like a cool youth.
3: Tazo. Yeah, they're really stupid. Oh, ones the little were like the ones you yeah. got out of The
1: chip packets. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the
3: stupid gambling games that all the chip packets would convince you was not gambling.
0: It's definitely not gambling. No sorry, Bob. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no,
3: definitely See, not I like that. Burger
2: Man, because they came with a little cutler, little mechanical, like, pits you can, like, flick out, and then you, like, little build, like, a little car or something. So it's kind of surprise, but sadness instead
0: of surprise.
2: <laughs> they came with chips. of like sadness. Fun chips. <laughs>
0: okay, Jen, What's what's the worst game that you've played? Tell See,
2: me. I like everyone else. I don't seek out bad games, so I'm pretty, you know... I don't really play bad games. So all the games I play are good. Not really. Um, that's a bit of uh, a bit bad uh, take there. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely think a lot of the bad games I've played are actually when I go back to older games. So games which I really wanted to play as a kid or which couldn't I, I couldn't get or purchase at the time. And then I've gone back, you know, decades later and like, you know what, I'm going to buy this game. I'm gonna enjoy it. It's gonna be great. Like Internal Darkness, I bought it for the GameCube. I sat down, I you know, took it out of the disc, I put it into the GameCube. I probably lasted about five minutes. Like that game is trash in terms of it's uh, current standards for game design. Like well, oh, it hurts me. If it hurts only me for, so much, Trent. If, if you only played it for five minutes, you
1: didn't actually get to any of the game. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> but that—that that is essentially my experience with all of these old games, which I really, really wanted to love as a kid. And then now I've played them as an adult, and I'm just like, these are trash. Like, Internal Darkness, I think, oh. um, some, some, uh, some, other, a few other GameCube games I bought. I think some, some of the Sky, uh, Star Fox, I played the Star Fox game with oh, Ansel. Yeah. yeah. Um, Trent, a few of them- it like
1: Trent you, do, you do realize that you are doing the equivalent of going to a Shakespeare play and then complaining about it because the English isn't right. <laughs> No, 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 I think, no, I, I, no, no. I think, I think <laughs> you're you're going in with to these games with the expectation that they have kind of the modern production.
2: Well, not even approach. that, like. I, I because- wanted to love them as a kid. Like, I was really excited for him. Like, oh, Eternal Darkness looks so cool. You get all these things, like, at the end, at, at Nintendo Gamer magazines and the Game Informers or um, whatever was out at the time. And I'm like, oh, look, these are so cool. Look at all this cool thing. I want this in- to play this. And then I just never get it. And then it's like, well, I go back with this nostalgia in my head, and I'm like, this game doesn't have all this.
1: Well, Eternal Darkness is a good example because by its standards, by the... when it it was new, it was a particularly well-playing horror game. It was a good example of the horror genre in terms of the way it was structured and designed. So, yes, it's moved on since then. Horror games don't look and play like that anymore, and they don't try and do what Eternal Darkness did. But... Yeah, if you if you expect Eternal Darkness to play like, I don't know, Resident Evil 2 remake, there's a reason that they remade Resident Evil 2 the way they did. Is because they Resident, wanted to make it playable. Yeah, because Resident <laughs> Evil 2, as great as it was back then, doesn't play particularly well now. Um, so hmm. I, think, I think we have to remember that. that this is why
2: remakes are good.
1: Remakes are great. Remakes are great. But we should also not go and call... Kind of the retro games. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we can't. We shouldn't be calling you know, um, <laughs> retro games bad just because they don't play like multi games. See, I was about
0: to do a really hot take and say that every game made before 1995
1: is bad. Well, <laughs> was that... it like your, your birth?
2: just saved video games.
0: Yeah, basically. (laughs) Year after, they
2: released all the good games ever. (laughs) See, on that take, though, I I think the SNES was great, but the NES NES definitely didn't age well. But there's a lot of older games which I like. Like, I like Adventure... Uh, no, was it adventure? Yeah, I liked that. I liked um, Hyper Chase from the Vectrex. A few other um, Vectrex games as well, like Minesweeper, that sort of thing. Like they, they were okay. Pac Man, like, they're classics. But the NES, the NES, oh, it's so bad. No, I, I get. I actually
3: agree with Trent. I get that. Like, there's some NES games that hold up. If you go back and play Super Mario Bros. Three or Kirby's Adventure, like the the ones where they figured out how to actually develop the NES, like it's good. I feel I can list off a number of games where I think don't go back and play the, in the original format, like Final Fantasy One. Yeah. Matt, you could attest to this.
1: No, I like I'm enjoying playing playing through it again. I mean, it is. I there yeah, I like better ways to
0: play it though? Like, you where, why you uh, play the NES version?
1: <laughs> because the NES version was the kind of the, the original, and um,
0: I feel like Matt's also fairly connected to that game too. There's okay.
1: historical, yeah. there's historical and archival value in it mm. uh, in and, playing the original, and I, I certainly you know I, I know that rpgs jrpgs have got a lot better since final fantasy one and final fantasy one is no longer a good example of the genre but at the time it was and Hmm. to call it a bad game i don't know i think that that's a bit of a hot take i
0: think you can call it a culturally significant game
1: i think it's a game that has aged poorly i think that's a fair take (laughs) Uh, but to say it's a bad game yeah i don't know and i'm sorry trent but eternal darkness is not a bad game it, it, might ag- it might have it might have it might have aged badly but it is it is actually on the other side of things it's kind of a classic of the genre i'd say. I, i'd kind of
0: really argue as well that you can't really play eternal darkness in a modern setting
1: yeah because it, you
0: need to have those tv effects yeah you need to have them work and you yeah. can, oh, like, true hey like you need that experience to make the
3: game oh, man, actually they don't properly. know what like, a glitchy VHS looks like
1: they don't have the blue screen of death Mind you, mind you, they they did mess up that themselves because in Eternal Darkness, those TV effects or those effects were tied to your character going insane. Yeah. i monsters. And then they give you the ability to just heal heal your sanity. Um,
0: yeah, it seems a bit, seems which, a bit broken.
1: <laughs> which, which meant that um, after, I think it was after the second level or something, once I got that heal ability, I no longer experienced any sanity effects, which was a bit... Counterintuitive, but yeah, um,
0: they should have. D- okay, I will maintain that Dead Space Three took that idea and ran with it in a modern setting because it did the co-op thing where, like, if you're playing with someone else, um, they'd be seeing monsters when you wouldn't, so they'd be freaking out. And you oh, that's pretty cool. cool. I didn't know
1: that. Yeah, know cool. That. That's yeah. Neat.
0: Dead Space Three, like, people hated it because it had horrible, horrible microtransaction nonsense. Um, but it was actually like really good.
1: <laughs> I-, I played Dead Space Three. 3- through in single player, my problem with it was with it was that it wasn't not scary, really scary. Yeah, no, it was like an action figure, <laughs> right? It's, it's like was, Resident it was... Evil
0: 5, it's Resident Evil 5, but for Dead Space. I was actually uh... gonna say
1: it's more like because it's sci fi setting and all that, it's more like Mass Effect, but with a slightly horror theme. Yeah, it. um, but it's really fun though, but then Mass, Mass Effect has its horror moments as well, so it seemed a little bit um, redundant to me, but anyway, um, I, I liked Mass Effect. <laughs> Sorry, I liked the Dead Space three enough as a shooter. I didn't think it was much yeah. of horror game. That's all. Exactly. I think, I think Amnesia does a good job of the sanity thing. Uh,
0: I don't like the shaky cam. I think it's bad. But <laughs> actually, that's my that's my game that I'm going to say is bad. Amnesia, I hate it, but I really enjoy it. Like Dark Descent? Yeah. Or just the series. Oh, also Machine for Pigs is trash too.
2: Actually, I, oh, I hate both of them. I can't, get into it. I
1: can't really hate those games. You're not allowed to talk about Machine for Pigs that way, Alan. That's because bad. it's you're the a very Chinese, bad Chinese they don't know
0: how to make games, they make boring sneeze fests.
1: Alan. Alan. Quiet Alan. <laughs>
0: okay, so I'm not gonna disagree that it's I'm
1: a boring out. sneeze fest, it's also out. great.
0: Machine
1: yeah. for pigs is
3: actually
0: really great. I'm sure it's okay, but it's not what I wanted.
1: <laughs> it's not
0: what anyone wanted.
1: I wanted it. It was a narrative-driven walking simulator. I always right. wanted
0: that one. Want. How much Victorian-era
3: industrialism horror have you ever played? You know, it's it's such an interesting. You know what?
0: Idea. Give that idea to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> give it, give it to Suda.
1: And I can't believe you're actually talking about those games as though they're bad when you've got Outlast just. Around oh yeah, no Outlast. Hour. Oh, that's like yeah, it's probably bad horror games. I hate, uh, I hate Outlast. <laughs> Outlast is by far the worst horror game. I've actually, you no, know,
0: Outlast Two is probably worse. Because it's just so gross.
1: Actually, yeah, I'll give you that. Because Outlast One had some ideas.
0: It was also like a part of its time.
1: Yeah,
3: it might actually. Can I get something off my chest? There's actually there's one game for the entirety of my time at DBN which gave me the code and I just never sent you a review. And that was this horror game from Steam that was just so bad. What was it? I don't even it, remember that. I don't remember what it's called, but it was like back in the era where everyone thought Five Nights at Freddy was cool. Uh. So everyone was making clones of Five Nights at Freddy's, and this game was like. Basically, Five Nights at Freddy's, but there was only not only just one monster, but one animation of the monster killing you.
1: I honestly, <laughs> I honestly don't remember this because I hold a grudge if people don't put their reviews in. and well, I don't remember this Harvard's thing. now going to die. Well, well, thanks, Harvard. <laughs> thanks for reminding me that I have to hold a grudge against you, Harvard. Um,
0: um, okay. Actually, before we end this segment really quickly, um, if you do want to play a surprisingly really, really good Five Nights sort of game, um, Alien Blackout is on phone and you should check it out. It's five bucks. It's genuinely worth that price. Honestly, it's pretty cool. Thanks,
1: thanks for that, Alan. Good. We're, we're 5, talking 9%. about we're talking about bad horror game or bad games. I know, but you're, it's you're, you're recommending a good game. That this is yeah, because uh, yeah, it's, it's new and about. no one
2: seems to care about it, which makes me sad. Everyone should just download Lemmings on their mobile phone. It's got micro attractions, which makes it bad, but it's good outside of that. Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about mobile
1: phone games now in the last section. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing Ooh. it.
0: Yeah, come to music, But when we
1: come back, I got a thing.
0: Haven's got a thing. And welcome back. That was some music from Eternal Darkness, which I felt like we needed to play. Um, <laughs> it's a good, game. good music. It's good music. Yeah, it's spooky. It's spooky, spooky scare. Um, it's keeping in with the theme of the intro of the podcast, obviously. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit at the end about some mobile phone games, because if you listened at the end of that last section, you would have heard that I was talking about Alien Blackout, which is a 5 night style game. Um, and it's really, really good. Like, it's, it's good enough that I'm not mad that it exists. <laughs> like, uh, like <laughs> over. Uh, no, it's because people were, the gamers rose up and they were mad about Alien Isolation not getting a direct sequel right away. And it's, it's
1: oh, way. I remember that. That was because they teased, like, an Alien game thing. Yeah, and it was a and, phone game. And, and the phone got, game is out, and it's good. I can't believe they did that after the Diablo thing.
0: Yeah, that was a really strange play.
1: I mean it's like you just saw what happened when you
2: tease something and then make it a phone thing. Like maybe they it, already like had it. Wait, after. someone did this after the Diablo thing because like you were explaining it and how everything happened, and I'm just like, this is what happened to Diablo. And then someone else decided that was good marketing. Yes, somebody
1: obviously looked at what happened with Diablo and said, We gotta get in on that, and they did. <laughs> and
0: this is <just> the, the <laughs> gif of a Dachi from Persona 4 getting punched in the face repeatedly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah mobile games I think yeah we don't talk about them much anymore i think um, really because well, i don't know in part, in do you part, guys play them much i do a little bit yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. um i actually play board games a bit on my mobile phone because it's a good platform for that and when i'm on a train or something and just need some time to waste i can go you know, whip out Catan or Waterdeep or Tokaido or one of those actual board games um Mm. and it's so much more convenient to play those things when you're on a plane or whatever than actually carrying a board around and unpacking it and getting the pieces out and all that stuff so yeah I'm a fan of phones for that but I, I find that mobile phone games I was initially very enthusiastic about them um this is back when DDNet was quite new so well, eight, no, been like eight, eight years ago yeah eight, 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 eight or so years ago when <laughs> when mobile games were when everybody was talking about the future of games being mobile games uh one of the things that people were talking about a lot was that there would be a space i guess for premium mobile games and not just free-to-play stuff that didn't eventuate and i think the problem or one of the reasons i'm not i don't pay too much attention to the mobile game space now is that it's all just so free-to-play nonsense and i just can't stand the way that free-to-play ruins games <laughs> mm. um and, and the fact that when you do a free-to-play game you lock yourself out of certain creative things that I like in games like a decent narrative um because a free-to-play game needs to be endless content otherwise if you don't yeah. keep people playing if well, you I don't
0: suggest be- something really quickly but Kingdom Hearts Union Cross is actually on phone and it's got a good story <laughs> is it's it a con-
1: is it a contents game Alan
0: no, it's like they do. It's like uh, Final Fantasy 15, uh, fourteen rather, with how they update the story, like every two months, pretty much.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. it's just I find that because these games need to be endless. Because if they're not endless and you're not on, you know, con- continuing to play, then they don't make money out of you. Um, because they they are endless, the stories don't structure themselves around how a story should be structured. There's no kind of beginning, middle, and end to so use creative writing one hundred and one. Like Magic um, Hub Jump,
2: I spent so much money on that.
1: Well, for me, one the, the great example is Fire Emblem Heroes. Initially, I was quite keen on Fire Emblem Heroes because it had um, all the characters that I like from Fire Emblem and it had wedding dresses and stuff. So it was fan service to the max, which was great. But, yep. but the narrative sucked. And um, that's because they just kept throwing more narrative in there and it just annoyed me. So I gave up on it. I haven't played it for a good year now um so i think the, the
3: weird thing out of mobile games and the trend lately has been like just gacha mechanics and you know oh yeah it's a trend keeping issues. like daily daily limit of uh, daily uh bonuses and just keeping you on as much as you can and a lot of games have autoplay now so you just it plays itself yeah i don't which... even get that i mean what's the point of playing the game if you're not going to play the game I ask it, but also I feel like it satisfies this idea of just getting stronger without actually having to do anything. Like if you're stuck on a train and you can't press
1: buttons, you know, it feels good. It's just so redundant. Hmm. It just it just feels like it has no purpose to exist if you're not playing a game when you're playing a game. Well, I, I, it frustrates well,
0: me. Uh, we're also at the point where the Switch exists.
1: <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and like, actually, I think the Switch kind of killed that
0: yeah like i i don't play games on my phone anymore because i'll generally have my switch in my bag because it's just like a good console
1: and a lot of is... a lot of the better a lot a lot of the better mobile games are actually on the switch anyway <laughs> yeah exactly. um uh, so like bury bury me my love for example uh that originally came out on phone and and stuff but man it's not even
0: a game and you're not even a journalist
1: uh yeah thanks alan you have to read out that, <laughs> I whole don't understand
0: that joke alan. Yeah, no,
1: no. I, the listeners aren't going to understand that joke.
0: Oh, I'm uh, going to leave I, it in there as it is. Uh, <laughs> no context.
1: But, yeah, Bury Me, My Love is great. I actually like all the soft kind of light simulation games on Switch as well. Mm. Like Hot Spring Story and Mega Mall Story and Game Dev Story. I like those. They're good Story
0: really, really good. It's a nice phone game.
1: Yeah, it works well on Switch too. So, yeah, mm. Switch Switch has certainly replaced a lot of that stuff for the kind of premium mobile phone games. Yeah, It's just the free-to-play crap that's left on phone. Also, yeah, what, what I, I was saying... Say...
3: Oh. oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to change topics, so if you wanted to add to that.
0: Oh, um, as soon as Slave the Spire comes out on phones, I'm going to die. It's a good game. What's that? <laughs> Slave the Spire. It's a, um like, red light card building, like, deck building game. It's really fun. Oh, sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. If you haven't played it before, it's probably, like, one of the best games of last year, but it was an mm-hmm. early access. I like red so... lights and I like to build deck building. Nice. Good. Okay, well, give it a while. Yeah.
3: So I, I got recommended a phone game for my friend called Life is a Game by Diarysoft. And the they gave it four out of five stars. And they say it's dark and requires no skill and doesn't come with instructions. You'll love it. Okay, I actually yeah. haven't played it, but I trust my friend's judgment. So I'm going to recommend it. Life is a Game by Diarysoft.
1: Okay, I'll check it out. I mean, there are okay. obviously there are obviously some good games on the phone. Like Florence last year was a, was a great oh, yeah. game, and I've stuff- been really surprised by what's been possible
3: and the developers that have considered the phone as a as a platform and developed for it. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. And it's those developers that are happy to or able to sell their game at a a certain price as a premium game rather than a free to play one. So they don't have to mess up the interface with icons everywhere saying buy this in 20 different types of currency (laughs) to buy into and all that kind of loot boxes or gacha mechanics or whatever, all that kind of stuff is is really annoying And when the developer can get rid of that. You get some really good stuff. Uh, Framed is another good one. I don't like Framed, but I respect it. Um, Okay. okay. Auss- Aussie's actually do a pretty good job with mobile games in general. Yeah, so we got uh, paperback as well. That's pretty cool. Paperback is a good game. Oh, okay. is great, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, um, Damn well too. If you've not played it before, is very oh, very good.
3: Excellent. Yeah. And um, valleys between. Mm. Is that what's called? The valleys between.
0: Ye, sure. Monument Valley, you mean? Monument. No, no. It's like the hex puzzle game. That oh, okay. Sure. Um, also, would like to point out as well that Square Enix puts out consistently pretty decent phone games. Um, uh, like the Hitman Go was fantastic. Oh yes, and, and Tomb um, Raider Go, Tomb Raider Go, <laughs> yeah. and the Hitman Sniper Challenge is yep. also very good. Um, and they're and- all sort of premium games that you can get on your phone, and they're designed around that concept, which is great.
1: And actually, they've done a pretty good job of porting quite a few of their older games to the phone as well. Like the Dragon Quest ones actually work pretty yeah. well on phone. I'm pretty impressed with them.
0: Well, the Final Fantasy, um. Like, remakes are all on phone and iPad as well. We don't talk actually, about those. And Fantasy-
1: no. Final, Final, Final Fantasy Fifteen Pocket Edition or whatever it's, it's called. Good. That's actually good fun. Yeah. yeah. It's actually good fun. It's genuinely good fun. And actually, the Diss- Dissidia um, RPG that they put out at the same time they put the fighting game out, that's actually worthwhile by the standards of free-to-play games. Um, I quite enjoyed that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, phone but, games are surprisingly good when they're built for phone and not yeah. just built to consume money.
1: I do <laughs> like have to... Some phone sites already made that conclusion 10 years ago. <laughs> they did, but the thing is, I, I don't know. We're I was born down- 10 years ago. <laughs> with Digitally Downloaded, we started out doing a lot more with phones and we've kind of fallen off them a bit over the last two, two or three years. And I think that's the reason why it's just there's no money in doing premium phone games anymore. And those days where there was like XCOM and total war and stuff actually coming out on phone and iPad and whatever, those days are over. And instead we're just getting trash after trash. So I think part awesome part of this
2: is Matt, you always rant about this. Every time I say a lot of things like game pass and stuff, it basically comes down to the devaluation of the game like what the what you would expect to pay for a game on a platform and so mobile games they came out really quick with freemium games and so there isn't that expectation that okay i need i can pay five dollars ten dollars for a mobile game there isn't that okay that's allowed that's acceptable there's this oh well i'm paying for a game why am i paying for a game on a mobile platform it should be freemium and then you know somewhere along the line you're still sinking in 20 like, to 50 to 80 on this free to play game because you're stuck in the gotcha mechanics loop like it's it's well, yeah. i yeah. mean when,
1: when phones were new when the iphone was just out and the app store was just starting to be explored as a game thing um games were released generally of, what for five dollars to ten dollars um and yeah. people were paying that and then angry birds came along and it was 99 cents and then all of a sudden people thought well i can get 70 million levels of angry birds for 99 cents why should i pay anything more for any other game and then clash of clans comes along and it's free and everybody's like well clash of clans is free candy crush is free why do i have to pay anything at all for for these games so yeah it has been a process of devaluation and yeah yeah it's alright. Yeah, it sucks. I'm very upset <laughs> by this. But I have yeah. to ask, Alan, have you played the very best phone game of all?
2: Is it some porn thing? No, it's Pokemon Go. I mean, what? No,
1: <laughs> it's Clive Clive Palmer's. No,
0: oh, the one where you stomp <laughs> on Bill Bill
1: Shorten's head as a
0: cockroach. Yeah, yeah, yeah That game is hilarious. Clive,
1: Clive Palmer, <laughs> humble meme merchant. You collect
0: yeah. like Tim Tams. Wait, did he, did he make that or yeah, did some No, it's, it's a, a genuine part of his campaign it's
1: actually part of his campaign so for listeners <laughs> listeners who aren't in australia and haven't been following the surreal political environment that He's we have at trump. the moment
3: <laughs> oh my god clive, what the hell is clive, this?
1: clive palmer wants to be our donald trump and clive palmer's idea of reaching out to the young kids um was to develop a mobile phone game in which clive palmer runs through 2d platforming levels picking up tim tam as a classic australian biscuit and jumping on cockroaches which have the head of the opposition leader stuck on them which and also sounds odd <laughs> i guess but when you see it in execution it is we were talking about bad games in the last episode or the last section of the podcast and i mentioned that you know spike volleyball was the worst game but made by professionals um this game would generally be the 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 worst game anybody's ever made the weirdest thing is nobody actually knows who made this game so it's a mystery <laughs> yeah it, it's an actual mystery i put out it's some guy called tom west or something um no that's a tuna guy. um that's the tuner guy isn't it tom west no that's john john west anyway tom west. <laughs> tom <laughs> west the i think Tom, anyway this guy i think i think his name was tom west anyway clive palmer was out there talking about how this tom west guy made it and i think it's actually listed as a tom west game on the uh, the the app store Hold on, I'll look it up. um Listed <laughs> as an emu war game which uh, emu war games anyway i put out a call on twitter saying has anybody in the australian game development industry actually heard of this guy and i follow or am followed by pretty much you know most of the industry and absolutely nobody knows who this guy is So. As far as we can tell it's a marketing company that was set up about 2 months ago um, a digital marketing company that was set up about 2 months ago so it's all dodgy as anything um, but that's Clive Palmer for you he's a he's a He's star. also
2: using some like really popular 80s song which, which Yeah
1: the like fears isn't he? <laughs> oh yeah the music the music's great the music is just like uh, some dude singing lyrics but inserting Clive Palmer into it um of of popular music it's it's something surreal i don't know if it's available worldwide i actually recommend everybody go and download it if you're listening to the podcast it's free of course um don't fall for the propaganda because it's obviously a propaganda game but um
2: (laughs) we're gonna make australia great again (laughs) truly the dark souls of australian
4: politics
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's surreal oh these reviews
0: can i read this review for you please yeah please do amazing gameplay amazing soundtrack and acting i enjoyed scotty morrison saying clive please don't take me prime ministership it's all i've got
1: <laughs> and you know you just know clive Palmer wrote that one himself yeah it's by tech deck pros <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: and with that i think we're gonna call it there hey we should see if we can get the
3: music
1: off the app no
0: i refuse I'm not wait, one review right. that
1: actually says this game has great music apparently yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run with the music at the end of the thing. We can Clive
0: Palmer game music. If <laughs> it exists, I'm
1: Yes. This is what yeah, we're
0: gonna the Clive Palmer version of Culture Club Karma Chameleon. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yep. Okay, well. <laughs> Dude, for using that Twisted sister song. Yes, he did.
0: <laughs> yes, he did. Because <laughs> D signer was like, You're an idiot. <laughs> he
3: did he not learn his lesson? And you now he's using Culture Club, like surely
0: Boy George would not support Clive Palmer. <sighs> like I don't know. Fuck this! All right, <laughs> we're done. doing
1: it. We're doing it, and we probably won't have any listeners next week. But if you are, thanks for tuning in, and uh, <laughs> we we may see you next week. We promise we won't play Clive Palmer's music again, but we just have to do it this one time. We're gonna
0: live stream the game instead.
1: <laughs> we we, we got to get it out of the system. Yeah. Palmer here. The liberals are attacking my integrity. We need more love
5: and compassion, Why forgiveness, no hate, acts
1: from me.